Broadcasting live from the Santa Lucia Highlands through the heart of the Casterville Artichoke Fields, westward to the Elkhorn Slough, and south to the rugged Big Sur coastline. You're listening to What's the Plan? A weekly discussion with local thought leaders about the future of Monterey County. And now, here's your host, Mr. Paul Wyant. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another episode of What's the Plan? Uh, we have a great episode for you today featuring Mr. Dan Miller. He's the uh, managing editor of the PG Press, and we're going to be talking about the PG Council election, upcoming election, and the mayoral race. And if you're not from PG, you're going to want to stick around because you're going to wish you were. Because if your politics were as good as ours, then uh, then you'd, you'd, be, you'd be, it's a it's an embarrassment of riches, I'm telling you. But <laughs> but before we start with Dan, uh, I just want to remind you that I'm uh, Paul Wine, owner of Express Employment professionals of Monterey County at Express. We can help your business find great people. So uh, look us up on the internet at Express Employment Monterey County, uh, or you can call us at 831-920-1857. And of course, this program is always available in podcast form uh, at what's the plan monterey.com or any, uh, if you have a smartphone, just go to your uh, podcast app and look up what's the plan Monterey and it, it will show up. Dan Miller, welcome to the program, sir. Thank you, Paul. Yeah, it's uh, you're um, one of my favorite. Not not that you know the other uh, editions of the PG Press weren't good. This was probably one of my favorite. You know, that I can't remember a, a, a edition of it that is as good as your September 16th edition. And you were able to interview five of the six council, uh, uh, you know, uh, candidates and both mayoral uh, candidates. So I wanted to kind of dive into that and. Uh, Get some of your thoughts on those interviews. I, I assume you you did the interviewing, correct? Well, myself and uh, Gary Bailey, who I do the paper with, the uh, two of us uh, interviewed uh, the five council candidates and uh, Bill Peak, and then I interviewed uh, Mike Wax, who's running for mayor by phone while he was driving on the highway somewhere. <laughs> so it it was uh, it, it was that Q and A by the time. I figured by the time of uh, doing the interviews, re-listening to them, coming up with synopsis of people's, you know, three or four minute answers into four four lines and trying to be fair with everybody in balance, it's probably spent about 20 hours just on that. And so there was a lot went into this issue, a lot lot more than usual. But uh, hopefully, you know, educated some people as to who they're voting for. I've always said if... They uh, know the positions of people who are running, then usually they'll pick the right person. That Yeah, that's great. And and so per hour, given the revenue of the PG Press, that's about 33 cents. No, it's just, <laughs> but, <laughs> but for yeah, that reason, if you, in my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> if you, and if you appreciate the PG Press, yeah, please call Dan and uh, place an ad, you know. <laughs> um, so Bill Peak, we could start with him, the mayoral candidate. He's the current mayor. Uh steadfast uh, i think relatively well respected throughout the town so what what are your impressions of the interview with bill and some of the answers he provided you know bill bill's in a interesting position because he is mayor so when you ask about something like you know the michael gonzalez case he being the policeman that was fired and we're now in a lawsuit the city is with him uh that that bill you know can't really answer because it's in litigation kind of thing but um for the most part, you know, he's pretty straightforward. Uh, you know, he and I don't agree on everything. There's stuff that I'm a little more, um, how will, 
can I say it, a more uh, a little more diligent in pressing the issue and the cause uh, than he is. But by and large, you know, he's he's one of those people that's just kind of gone along and and not been controversial, unlike, you know, some other elected people we have in Pacific Grove. Yeah, he he is uh, he is very kind of down the middle. He he fits PG's character and uh, getting to, getting over to Mr. Wicks. Uh, he he had. I guess uh, he was fairly similar in some of his answers to Bill Peake, but uh, where would you differentiate him? Particularly, like I was thinking about a really great question of what do you think about the city manager? And we'll get to this later. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, um, who was it? Uh, Vinning. I forget her first name. Darla Vinning. I love her answer. She her she gave the favorite answer of the interview. She said, "I actually, I'm actually suspicious of him," which is <laughs> the funniest the answer. Said. I, I did her answer almost in its entirety. She kind of expanded on it a little bit, but it didn't get away from that original sentence. She said she she thought it was yeah that she was suspicious because he kind of hovered over when she was taken out papers knew her name already it was uh kind of like she, he was already trying to make inroads uh into <laughs> winning her over to his side kind of thing is is basically what she said and i, uh, I got i got diverted i just wanted didn't want to bury the lead that was one of my favorite answers in the, yeah. of, the of the interviews but um, michael with, wax yeah, yeah mr wax so yeah. so uh he, nice guy went out of his way uh to you know be interviewed uh, knew that I had written some stuff about him before. He didn't know what the American tin cannery was, which in Pacific Grove is kind of tough. And and his his downside is basically that he's lived here for about a year. And oh, yeah. came from Texas, I think it was in Corral de Tierra or something, and then came over here all in the space of like two years. He was in those three places, and now he's been here about a year. So uh, just historical knowledge, which is something we're sadly lacking in town right now uh and on the council uh he has none so he's an intelligent guy and like i said he, you know he struck strikes me as a nice guy but um you know i really don't have that much to say about bill peak other than positive stuff so um he's a known that's probably he's where i'm known. leaning i think it's going to be an uphill climb for mr wax yeah it's yeah bill peak is a known and also it's interesting why would you want to be mayor of a place that you've only lived a year. That's an interesting yeah. choice. That would be an well, interesting he, question to ask him here. Yeah. Well, basically what he, he said to me was that he's, um, uh, that he, he felt that people shouldn't go unchallenged in politics. And that if peak didn't have someone running against them, that he'd just walk in, uh, which <laughs> if you looked at his history and you kind of agreed with it, like what he's done and stuff, they, then there's no reason for him to run against somebody. So mm -hmm. it's a, uh, it's an interesting concept, but I think in this case, uh, probably, uh, <laughs> isn't the best thing to do. Uh, yeah. And, uh, so that, that's a relatively simple race. I don't think there's yeah. a huge, uh, huge lot to yeah. that, but let's get to yeah, let's get to the council. <laughs> um, first starting with, uh, Joe Emilio, he's a current council member. And, uh, I, you know, I don't know his previous position on reducing the number of seats in the city council, but I, I thought I, I thought I read somewhere that he was for it, but in your paper, he says he's against it. So no. can you, okay. when it was, when it was discussed to council to put it on the ballot, him and uh, Chaps Fedori, uh, both, uh, voted against it. And what's interesting is both of them came in third when they ran. Mm -hmm. So with the reduction in the size of council, they never would have been on it. Ah. So now all of a sudden, 
It's like, hey, no, uh-uh. you know, what if I came in third again? I wouldn't be on the council. So it's kind of uh, entertaining in that aspect. Joe's an interesting guy, you know, grew up in Monterey. He's the uh, brother. Let's see, how does this go? His, he's married to uh, uh, Dan Albert's daughter. Mm. So he's in the Albert, you know, it's kind of like the Kennedys of the peninsula, you know. Um, and he's a nice guy. I get along with him fine. He meets stuff head on because I've been critical of him and his stuff. You know, he didn't want to have the pet parade this year. Oh, we're canceling the Feast of Lanterns. That was the same weekend. Let's disassociate ourselves and not have that. And then he shows up at the pet parade with a Joe Emilio for Council t-shirt on, you know. <laughs> so, uh, and Joe just, he just talks in circles a lot. Um, you know, it's kind of like the Kamala Harris of Pacific Grove, where sometimes he says stuff and you go, what the heck did he just say? Because that doesn't make any sense to me. And am I missing something here? And uh, But again, he's a nice guy. I, I don't like his stand on the city manager. I've said before on your show, uh, the city manager shouldn't be the city manager. And I was part and parcel of him being hired. Uh, one of the biggest mistakes in my life among many doozies. And, uh, and I don't like his, uh, that's almost a litmus test for, for me, especially for a guy that for four years has been working with him. It just, he's not who should be the city manager of Pacific Grove. Hey, Dan, yeah, he, is Mark. It, oh, go ahead, Mark. I, I just had a quick question. When you're going through these council candidates or mayoral candidates, how much of a litmus test is it to use that term to the, the, the challengers to find out like, do you attend council meetings? Do you attend planning commission meetings? Because, you know, there are some people that that's to me is the dividing line of how serious a candidate you are. Have you taken the time in the last year to attend the meetings and know what the city business is, as opposed to, say, the person who just shows up out of the blue and says, I deserve to be on the council. I deserve to be mayor. Vote for me. But I've never been to a council meeting. I don't even know where City Hall is, you know, kind of thing. So do you guys use that as a litmus test in evaluating how legitimate or serious a candidate should be? Well, you know, the, the living here thing obviously was in the mayoral race. I don't think my, Mr. Wax, I don't know if he watched stuff on the, uh, you know, on online or on TV, watched council meetings. But it's funny you brought that up. That was actually, we had two questions that uh, didn't make the, the cut after asking them. And that was one of them. And oddly enough, uh, brilliant minds think alike. Um, and there was anywhere from, uh, I think, Lori McDonald, who's running. I think she'd been about eight meetings. Uh, Debbie Beck, of course, because she was on the planning commission. The EDC went to council meetings. I think she was well over 100, we figure. Joe Emilio's up there. Uh, but, um, yeah, you know, to me, it's meaningful. You know, how much do you know about how a meeting's run? How are you going to operate once you're up there? What do you know, you know, about Robert's Rules of Order and what's protocol? And uh, so it is a question we asked. The other one was, uh, who else do you support? And, of course, when you're running, you know, it's an interesting question because it's like, are you going to endorse somebody you're running against and negate somebody's vote? you know, for you by recommending they vote for somebody else. So that was, people were just really noncommittal. So it would have just been taking up some space, you know, kind of thing. So Dan, Dan and Mark, Dan and Mark, let, let me interject real mm -hmm. quick, because often on Wednesday nights, the sports not so great. 
Okay. And I'm saying, get yourself an adult beverage and a couple friends and put on that city council meeting and, and then like do like kind of a mystery science three, theater 3000 thing. Cause I, I'm probably giving away too much, but uh, it is, it's fun. I, I, I really do. As, as long as you have other people that are kind of, they know a little bit about local politics. Those meetings are fun when you can kind of like respond unfiltered in a group you know, because you can have a good time with it. I, at least in my opinion, maybe I, maybe there's not enough to do in PG. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, the one thing though, you you talk about people being able to watch the meetings online, as so many people do now, but or watch them on the public access channel. But if you're a serious candidate, I still think there's a lot of currency in actually attending the meeting because there are things that you will see in personal attendance that you would you know likely never see. Um, you know, if you're watching on TV, for example, body language of council members as they're discussing a project. Maybe one council member is talking about something, and you're Mark, watching. Mark, you're watching wait, how wait the mayor is responding, right? And you wouldn't necessarily but, see that if you're watching it on TV. Mark, I uh, want to interject there because one beautiful thing about COVID and Zoom was. I've seen more council members eat potato chips during a meeting, oh. which I think is completely disrespectful. And I know you know who I'm talking about, Dan. But uh, yeah, we had we had people uh, drinking wine, uh, oh, really? you know, <laughs> getting getting up and walking around. We, you know, I've seen uh, MPC board of trustees. There was somebody on there that had uh, where it was in their bedroom, and they'd have clothes piled up on their bed behind them and they'd eat and they'd come back and literally food spitting out of their mouth while they talk. Well, hopefully you know, nobody and, did Jeffrey Tubin. That would have gone, that would have been a bridge too far. You know, it was always a, a possibility, you know, it just, it's, 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 it's uh, you would just think, you know, you're in a meeting and if you're going to do something, turn off your camera. It's pretty simple, but yeah, nope, that's didn't do it. That yeah, is funny, but I agree with you, Mark. There are, I make light of it with the potato chips, but uh, yeah, you're right. There are some serious, because you don't see how they're reacting to certain comments. Like if, there, if someone's acting some way, you can kind of tell with their body language if they're angry or for it, if they're nodding or not. You can't see a lot of that when the when you're watching the public access. been at meetings and actually taken positions at the podium. Yeah. You know, it's real easy to say, hey, I'm running because I don't like what they did. Well, why did you never speak up when they were doing it? You know, and so that's the thing. Before I ever got elected, I'd probably been to a couple hundred meetings mm-hmm. and uh, I'd gone to meetings and not been elected before that. But uh, it's uh, it's it's real important, incredibly important. I know we're going down a rabbit hole and I do want to move on to, to yeah. the other candidates. But real quick is what I've always wondered about meetings. And this is true across the board in almost all of the public meetings I've been to is someone will come up there and they'll like say some really divisive thing and impugn maybe someone's reputation and all sorts of things. And there's no response. They, they just go off on a diatribe for three minutes and then there's silence and then they just go to the next diatribe. And it, it always seems like an unnatural way to communicate with other people. You know what I mean? Like there, there should be some back and forth but the, the public comment section has always kind of yeah. bothered me a little bit for that reason there's actually a rule you know robert's rule of order basically and it's in policy of the city that you do not uh engage in conversation now if somebody asks a question and staff's there and it's an important question or something that's been 
you know, flying around town that needs to be addressed. Sometimes you, you know, you move over and you, you let staff answer that. But uh, by and large, you are not supposed to engage in, in conversation. You're also not supposed to interrupt people. You, I've seen people go up there and just say incredible things over the years, just incredible stuff, stuff that makes it cringe and kind of go, oh, geez, really? Did you just say that? Mm-hmm. But that's freedom of speech. And lately in Pacific Grove, and this happened to to me over a year ago, it's one of the reasons I did the paper and stuff, was I was cut off at a meeting on Zoom, and it's real easy to press a a button, and uh, and I'm gone, you know, and uh, that's wrong to me. Go up there, and especially because I was talking the truth, everything I was saying was truthful, just somebody up there, and we won't name names, Jenny McAdams, that uh, didn't want to hear it because it was about her and something she had done that... It was not proper. And as a person on sitting on our city council, uh, you need to have some kind of ethics and, and uh, moral compass on doing things. You know, a couple things on that too, Dan, is that um, if if council members, and they're not supposed to, you know, started to engage in a dialogue with somebody who was at the podium addressing an issue, it ends up becoming a debate. And if you think the meetings are long now, you know, you just get into that back and forth with someone. And a lot of times, if, if somebody cares as passionately about an issue as they do to attend a meeting, they're going to right. be like a dog on a bone with it, and they're not going to let go. And you're literally going to have to get the sergeant at arms or, you know, police yeah. officer to pull them away from the, uh, from the lectern because they're not going to want to leave until they've made their point or you accept their point and agree with them. Yeah, one time I saw a meeting, this years ago, was adjourned for a while because uh, somebody got out of control and, and would not stop or step away or anything else. Because you also only got three minutes. You go to three, 301 and you're supposed to you know be gaveled down if you don't sit down. And so it, it's it, luckily we don't run into much of it uh, and haven't for years because, again, I've been going to meetings for over 30 years. But, you know, it does happen. Somebody this last meeting, they were talking about one of the council candidates and so they have done that we'll probably talk about that um and I, my understanding is because i missed the very beginning of the meeting when he spoke it was an ex-council member too uh that they kind of stopped him and said hey personal attack what can we do here should we allow him to go on well yeah you should mm-hmm. <laughs> oh it's well, you know you got the bully popo up there you can say whatever the heck you want for more than three minutes you know so let the public have their say whatever it is and and suck it up well let's uh gotta gotta kind of move on a little bit i'm gonna I'll go over with city manager and uh, Tin Cannery because those are two good big things. So we got Emilio. He he supports the um, as you said he supports the city manager and he's a proponent of the Tin Cannery in its full form. And now we'll move to um, Debbie Beck. She is she said she would like the uh, city manager to be more transparent. Is her take on that? And she respects the current developer of the Tin Cannery and likes it. Appears that she likes it in its current form. So do you have any comments about uh, Debbie Beck at all? Big advertiser in the paper too. Yes, she is. Full disclosure, uh, she has been since the beginning, been very supportive of the paper, as well as she is supportive of all sorts of causes in the city of Pacific Grove. I mean, she's she's a very giving person in the community, grew up in Pacific Grove. And um, De- Debbie, Debbie's as good as any can. She's better than any of the other candidates, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and that, not because she advertises, but she actually has a, a grounding in the community. Uh, her brother was a police chief uh, in um, at Fort Ord and also was on the Monterey Police Department for some time. And so she understands understands that whole element and dynamic very well, which most people don't uh, that end up in office. 
So uh, I, I like Debbie and her, her stands again, not a hundred percent. I'm not a hundred percent with anybody for goodness sake. So, um, and it's not just because I like to be contrary. It's just because I'm coming from a different place. As far as Joe, Joe said before he got on the council, he's, he's somebody uh, at another paper asked him, uh, if you got on the council, what would you do about the city manager? Cause he's real controversial. And he said, I'd fire him. And now all he has to say about him is he's a stand up guy and he gets back to me within 10 minutes, no matter when I call him. And, um, and it's, no. it's not a good uh, he's, relationship. He's evolved. He's, his, his opinion is evolved. Um, Let's go. Let's get up to Tina Rao, one of the uh, oh. my favorite pr- people. It's going to be easy to talk about her answers because she didn't answer. She didn't respond to your interview. But there's the cover story about her where she essentially kind of is. I mean, I would say she's tweeted a lot that's very critical of people who are religious. So, could you right. care to characterize Miss Tina Rao? So, Tina Rao is the head of our diversity, equity, and inclusion task force, which is supposed. And in, by inclusion, you're supposed to include everybody. You look around who's not there, you invite them in for the discussion and to be part of it. Uh, she has been tweet after tweet after tweet on Twitter, and we know another guy that got in trouble with Twitter that she just everything she d- does is not building a cause; it's ripping down the opposition. So, so inclusion, they, inclusion. To be clear, inclusion doesn't doesn't include people who are religious. Is that right? Well, <laughs> according, according to, those to tweets, her, <laughs> yeah. you can't be pro life in her world. You can't uh, be pro Second Amendment. You can't support the Supreme Court. She wants to defund the uh, the Supreme Court, and she's very anti religious. And when Kelly Nix over at the uh, the Herald, uh, the Herald, the Pinecone, uh, I think asked her, or it was a statement she had made somewhere that basically she doubled down and she said, "Hey." If I'm elected, I'm going to go after the hypocrisy of churches. And yes, even if this was the Quran, I'd go after them if they said who I could or could not marry or anything else. So in other words, you're fine in her inclusionary world as long as you believe everything she believes in. Well, what's interesting about She's very hateful and destructive and would be an incredible divisive uh, person on that council. And I I tell people, I say, vote for any of the other five. I don't care if it's the people that I like. (laughs) Vote for any of the... The other, the other five people running, and do not vote for Tina Rao. It will not turn out it's, well. It's funny because it was a slippery slope argument maybe ten years ago that they were going to use nonprofit status of churches uh, as a weapon to you know because like say oh well if you don't do gay marriages then they could take away your nonprofit status and that would essentially eliminate churches at least in the in the in the way that they are now you know right. it would eliminate it would legal make it illegal you know, to believe in the historical definition of marriage. I, I'm not taking a side one way or another, but I do believe that, uh, that slippery slope has happened and, and it's kind of, it's getting closer. And I, and I, and I think you lose a lot if you're, if you demonize anyone, no matter what their beliefs. Exactly. I I tell people, I said, I don't care what your beliefs are. Just be a good person. Be a good person. You know? So, 
Uh, so that's uh, that's Tina Rao, everyone. <laughs> now let's yeah. get to uh, Darla Vinning. Uh, she she was the one who said, actually, I'm suspicious of the city yeah. manager. And then as far as the uh, tin cannery goes, she is uh, looking for a more modest proposal uh, that doesn't cut down as many trees, which I believe is your p- uh, opinion, Dan. Is that correct? Yeah, that, that actually is mine, too. Uh, uh, Darla is actually uh, vining is how it's said. Oh, I'm but sorry. Dar- yes. Darla's, uh, uh, again, you know, was raised broad up here um she's interesting um i I sadly i she's it's gonna be a tough road for her because i don't think she's gonna spend any money and if you don't spend any money nobody knows who the heck you are um so uh she's a nice person she has uh she does her homework she digs into stuff um, but I, I, I just don't think this is her time. She's, you know, well aware of meetings and stuff, uh, has watched things, attended things, but she need it, it's real important if you've been on a board committee or commission and, uh, you know, both, uh, Mark Chakwin and, um, Debbie Beck have been on the planning commission, which is incredibly important. It's like playing in the minor leagues before you play in the majors, you know, so. Absolutely. Well, I, you know what's funny about Mark Shackwin? I, I want to ask you about him, and I and I take that to heart that maybe maybe she needs a little longer uh, to develop, maybe get on the planning commission for Darla if she doesn't get elected this time. But Mark is interesting because his answers I found to be the most incomprehensible. He kind of like, <laughs> at least on the on paper, maybe when they were spoken, it was a little bit more comprehensible. But he did. He would say, oh, it's challenging. He was kind of gave the answer of like on one hand and on the other hand answers. And he gave that kind of an answer both to the city manager and to the uh, American Tin Cannery answer. He wasn't very – like you could almost read it like a horoscope. So Mark's a former colonel in the military. Uh-huh. Uh, he, um, nice guy, intelligent guy. If you, you, oh, yeah, that. you see, it's, it's, it's oh, his answers are very intelligent. Yeah. You yeah. Google that guy's name and it'll blow you away what he has done, accomplished, been part of, um, you know, everything from being in China to, you know, I mean, you, it's just incredible. And uh, he's a very thoughtful guy, but he also uh, can, he's kind of like me, he runs on sometimes. <laughs> so so uh, getting it condensed down to like four sentences sometimes might have not have done him uh, his answer justice, but uh, the, the meat's there. He, he's, again, he was on the planning commission, his, you know, his positions and everything, especially on the ATC, uh, he voted against it, but because a very narrow thing. And his vote didn't matter when he was on the planning commission. It it wouldn't have made a difference uh, in voting against it, though it was uh, it was a statement, and some things changed because of of that. Well, so, he, he did he did seem he seems very intelligent in his answer. I didn't oh, mean to imply he, that, but he, but it's more like a yeah, it's kind of like uh, who was Jerome Powell's predecessor? You know, when when a lot of these guys determined oh, the Fed was maybe. Uh, Oh no, I'm at the head of the Fed. But whoever oh, was the head of the, oh uh, Jerome Powell's uh yeah. Um I know yeah. Uh, anyway. Yes, yes. Because yeah, like a lot of times when Bernanke would talk, I no doubt that Bernanke's intelligent. It just a lot of times I couldn't track, you know. And, oh, right. and that's the thing with Chaplin. He, it's kind of like me sometimes where you know the inside baseball stuff. Mm-hmm. And so you give an answer that it, you're presuming everybody knows what you Oh, know. you're doing like an intuitive leap. Yeah. You're just assuming yeah. that. It, yeah. yeah, I got yeah. you. But he, his answers, I, I, he seems like a very incredibly competent guy. So he, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to real. 
my voting, but yeah, he, he definitely is in the running. Um, the, um, let's see, Lori McDonald is the last okay. one. And she says, basically the, she feels the council isn't being listened to by the city manager. So she was a little bit critical of the city manager in her answer there. And, uh, as far as the tin cannery, it's a little bit of a Dan Miller take. She's uh, has a little bit of a concern about the scale and, and the design as it exists now. Yeah. As it ex- exists now, so so Lori and I didn't know her before I interviewed her. Lori is one of the nicest, sweetest, thoughtful, common sense people I've met in my lifetime. Mm. Um, she's down at the end, end of the ballot. You know, Mark Spitz. She's sick, so. People are going to have to go down there to find them. But her thing is, she's uh, very ecologically minded. She One of the things that pushed her into this was her involvement with the whole seal situation and stuff. But she's, <laughs> there's nothing about her that's unreasonable. Uh, okay. She said, in fact, three of her answers were probably the best three answers for those questions that anybody had. You know, they were just outstanding. Her reasoning ability, common sense and intelligence is just in- incredible. And and again, there's not a bad bone. There's, she's not going to be a divisive person. She's going to be a bridge builder if she gets up there. And uh, quite personally, I you know, not that she's asked for my support, might help or might not, but um, I, I'd like to see her up there. Yeah, I liked, you know, her answer, and I think uh, McDonald's answer on the housing question, particularly uh, McDonald, where he's basically said, you know, community should be allowed to grow naturally. I love that. But anyway, obviously, we don't have enough time. And uh, please pick up a copy of the PG Press and read the answers for yourself. Thank you so much, Dan Miller, for appearing on the program. You're entirely welcome, Paul. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, I want to. I'm Paul Wine, owner of Express Employment Professionals of Monterey County. At Express, we can help your business find great employees. So visit us today on the web at Express Employment of Monterey County. Just Google that. I'd also like to thank Mr. Mark Carbonero, co-host and producer of this program. So thank you, Mark. And of course, thanks to Dave Marzetti, host of the Saturday Morning Shagbag Radio Show right here on 101.1 FM. Talk to you later. It keeps-